Episode 27, the MLS Aces Podcast. It's been a weird day. A lot of things have happened. But you notice it wasn't an MLS, MLS Aces Derby that happened, and Orlando didn't beat NYCF, in, NYCFC this week. So I'm opening the show because Thomas is not here. Thomas is in California touring baseball stadiums. And left me to talk about the soccer. But joining me, I have a man who I've been trying to get on this podcast four months now. For about four months. His name's Tony Rubio. He works for MLS Multiplex, covering the Houston Dynamo. Tony, how are you? Riley, how's it going, my man? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for making time for us. Yeah, no problem at all. So what we do here is we ask you how your weather is. So how's Houston? Well, currently it's... Uh raining really hard there was a tropical storm supposed to hit last week pretty sure it hit you guys in louisiana instead yes, it did. and it's really hot so typical summer weather here it is 76 degrees here in lake charles currently partly cloudy is supposed to get up to 89 this week with the humidity of 100 well uh good luck there yeah and also it's supposed to rain every day so that's great Typical Louisiana. Stay dry, my friend. I will do my best. Follow of the week is Ben Clark. Ben Clark, if you do not know him, he has done stuff with Men and Blazers. He is saying at the last two nights of the Golden Blazer event, he is saying Chat Bleep Get Banged, the song about Lesser City, and also Get Low, a song about our favorite Saturday morning host on NBCSN, Rebecca Lowe. Uh... He's, I mean, he's a good guy. He's a good soccer fan, like a knowledgeable soccer fan who also loves other sports. I hope to get him on this podcast one day, but he followed us a couple weeks ago. Shout out to him. You can follow him at BLC Official. That's at BLC Official. I'll have to hit him up with that follow for sure then. Yeah, you don't follow him, do you? I don't even know who it is, honestly. You need to get on that. You need like, to get your soccer knowledge up. If if uh, if you recommend it, then uh, I'll do it for sure. Jumping into the news of the week before we grab a hold of these games. Dom Kinnear is out in San Jose. He was fired. Or let me put you in the eyes of San Jose. Parted ways, quotation marks. Parted ways with head coach Dom Kinnear and also John Spencer, the assistant coach. The technical director was put in place as the interim head coach at the moment. But what do you take? What's your take on Dom Kinnear getting in the boot in San Jose? Well, I'm surprised, honestly, man. San Jose is in playoff spot and just won a game, and their manager gets sacked. It's not every day you hear that, but there is reasoning behind every story. And their new GM, Jesse Fiorinelli, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I heard has not liked Dom Kinnear's style, which some would say is kind of old school. But he's gotten the job done. But, uh, I mean, what's done is done now. And I don't know if you saw today, I saw Chris Wondolowski give a very emotional interview over uh, Dom Kinnear leaving. So we'll see how that goes over with the players. Yeah, it's be interesting to catch San Jose's ne- next game coming up this week. Some more news at NASL has announced that a San Diego area team will be coming in the next couple of years. Ownership 
members include Eden Hazard. Yes, that Eden Hazard that plays for Chelsea. Uh, San Diego, it's coming up through MLS expansion. Like San Diego is a legitimate shout for MLS expansion, and I think this is kind of a way to prove to MLS that, hey, we can sustain a soccer team here. So whether it be a couple years there in the NSL, whether it be five years, ten years, however long it may be, I think San Diego will eventually, with this team, if it's successful, move up to MLS. In the end, money talks. That's all I have to say. Uh Quick question. Who is in your MLS expansion for the next round? Who would you put in there? You know what? I really, really like St. Louis. But as of right now, it's not going to happen with uh, the stadium thing that happened because they need public funding. And voters don't want that. But other, if not St. Louis, for me, it's it's got to be Sacramento and Cincinnati. I think that's... Two solid, solid, solid soccer towns with, with, with fan bases that that are just waiting to, to get their uh, MLS team in there. I think the top three, because you have LAFC coming in next year with no team joining them as of right now. Yeah, LAFC, to balance it out, I would put a team in Sacramento. Then Cincinnati, mm-hmm. of course. Cincinnati deserves everything they should get with the MLS expansion. Of course. And I think Miami, with the David Beckham getting the stadium location. I think Miami oh, is yeah. the next team off of that. So those are my top three right now. I definitely think Sacramento and Cincinnati should get a shout. And once that whole David Beckham thing, that's my phone going off. Once David Beckham gets the whole land thing sorted out and everything else, he should be the guy. Hopefully. I'd love to see a Miami team in there. Yes, I would. Uh, and also an I-95 derby between – Orlando and Miami. When are when are we getting the New Orleans Jesters in there though? Uh, man, yeah, to bring up that. See, R- <laughs> rough topic. <laughs> You're just awful. Everything about that franchise is awful. And I just want Nola FC to be an expansion team in the future. For those that don't know, Riley's from Louisiana, so that's why it's a yeah, sore spot. I think they know pretty long and hard about my my passion for Louisiana soccer that is never going to happen. Who's, who's the one soccer player that's uh, from New Orleans that's MLS? Patrick Mullins. Right? I don't know. It might be. He might be. Moving on. Moving on to soccer. It's midweek games. So, Tony, you want to jump right in? Yeah, man. I mean, we had D.C., Play at home versus Atlanta in a 2-1 win, believe it or not. I mean, just right off the bat, would you have, would you expect that? D.C. versus Atlanta? In a midweek game with Atlanta just now getting back, Joseph Martinez and Miguel Admiral is, um, you know, he's been playing well lately, but after playing well, he's probably due for a slump. And also D.C. getting the legs back with uh, Luciano Acosta and Patrick Niarco getting on scoreboard. I, I, it wouldn't be a huge shock to me to say the scoreline's how it is. It's definitely not what we expected, though. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen midweek in MLS especially. Right. Midweek games are just weird in general. 
Yeah, but I mean, good on DC picking up some points with, uh, I'm sure, some angry Ben Olsen in there. Right on. Do you like Ben Olsen? You know, if I were DC, I might have already sacked him. But he's hot and cold. One season, he's got him playing as the best team in the league, and then the next season, they set a record low for points. So I'm, I, I don't know where I'm there. Fair enough. Hey, I'm going to close this door real quick. I'm going to keep it rolling just edit this part out, right? Mm-hmm. Mosquitoes were starting to fly in. Oof. The worst. Alright, uh, next game we're skipping the Canadian Championship. And we're rolling 3 2 and 1. The next game of the week Minnesota United 3, Portland Timbers 2. United getting the home win, the Loons getting 3 points against their Western Conference rivals. Now, the fun part about midweek games is you see very good upsets. And this game was very sloppy. There's two own goals, a penalty kick, two red cards. But also the the flourishing and the blossoming of the number one overall pick. And I want you to talk about how this kid can, can develop and also his ceiling. I mean, ever since number one draft pick from UCLA – striker slash winger Abu Dunladi got his chance with Minnesota he's been lighting it up from that first start a couple weeks ago if I remember correctly I think Miguel Ibarra was out of form or or injured and Abu Dunladi came right in and seemed like a natural starter honestly and just his sheer speed and physicality puts him a step above his opponents but I mean his skill is also obviously there considering he was a number one draft pick and, I mean, I was skeptical at first, but you just got to give these guys some playing time and they'll show you why why they deserve to be chosen and why they deserve to be on the field. Donati and Sebastian Blanco with two red cards and they played 19 minutes of my favorite style of soccer, which is 10v10. You know, a little fun fact. I'm pretty sure that Minnesota-Portland game was the first MLS game in history to have each team score a own goal. I believe I read that on Twitter. So it, on Twitter, right? it must be true. Uh, skipping over this game really fast, Toronto FC gaining three points against New England at home, 2-0 in favor of the Reds. On short turnaround, Toronto FC finds a way after their Canadian Championship match against Montreal. Uh, moving to the Texas Derby, I want to ask you a few questions first about mm-hmm. the Texas Derby. Um, what's the atmosphere like at this game and what's the hostility between the fans like dude it's crazy let me tell you as a Houstonian Dallas and Houstonites or not Houstonites Houstonians and Dallasites really do not like each other and that's in anything whether that's Cowboys versus Texans Astros versus Rangers and not just sports we'll find any time to get a jab into there so when I went to the Texas Derby away at Dallas, the atmosphere was insane. There was a, there was a, a little tension there between the fans. 
couple things might happen. Who knows? But it makes for a hell of a game. And that was no exception this Friday at Houston as they drew to another 1-1 tie. And a little fight broke out there at the end with, uh, I believe it was Alex getting a little yellow card. And Kubo Torres is always getting a yellow card in there. It's, I don't know who from Dallas did, but, I mean, there's, uh, there's fire on the pitch. Kubo Torres and Maximiliano Rudy are the two goal scorers from this game. Um, the Texas Derby seems like the funnest rivalry in MLS among fans. For sure. It just seems like it, they have so much fun hating each other. There was respect to Dallas. They had a fair amount of fans there, so it's always good to see. But moving on to another Derby, a Derby that is in the top right corner of the nation the new york red bulls nil new york city fc two and thomas sweezy is not here to celebrate the blues first ever win in red bull arena and i guess it's shoving in his face that he is not here how sad yeah tom's again in california touring baseball stadiums leaves me here to do two different podcasts and produce both of them pretty much simultaneously but that's not, uh, I'm not the mad. usual. I'm not mad. <laughs> Jack Harrison started off the proceedings in the 33rd minute, assisted by Ben Sweat and Rodney Wallace. And Ben Sweat got a goal of his own, a fantastic header in the box to make it 2-0. In this game, New York, the Red Bulls just look awful. They looked bad from the start. And I want to ask you, what's wrong with Sasha question? I don't know what's wrong. Maybe it's Jesse Marsh leaving halfway through the week and going to Poland to get his UEFA coaching license. Maybe that's affecting the team. Sasha Kleshin individually, I mean, obviously, who knows what's going on there. But for uh, Red Bulls' folks' sake, we hope it's it's getting fixed soon. And I hope to see him fire back up soon as well. I'd love to see him in the national team picture for the World Cup. But he's really making it tough on himself there. Yeah, he didn't make the Gold Cup roster. That, that can be no. Crazy. So, I mean, for those Sasha Kleshin fans out there like me, it's not looking good. Moving on to a, like, MLS Rivalry Week doesn't include every MLS Rivalry, which is kind of insane to me, a little bit. I mean, the scheduling's already whack as it is, so. I know, but I would love to see a, a Toronto versus Van, or like Toronto versus Montreal, the New York Derby, Texas Derby, Atlanta, Orlando, Cali Classico. Like I would love to see all those rivalries on the same week. It'd be a jam-packed weekend full of fun. Yeah. Too much soccer to watch. I would never get out. <laughs> I wouldn't leave my room. Yeah. Days. Nevertheless, Philadelphia won. DC United nil. Uh, Fabrice Jeans Piquet puts one away in the 31st minute, assisted by Alejandro Bedoya. And Ramon Gaddis. And, man, Philadelphia snaps yeah, a skid and kills DC's momentum coming off a huge midweek win against Atlanta. One of the hottest teams to start out the season and also a really dangerous team with Joseph Martinez coming back. For sure, man. Watch out for uh, Fafa Peacalls out there because, uh, I mean, he was at St. Pauli in Bundesliga 2 last year, got himself a nice call-up, and now he's settled in the MLS, and you're going to see him at the 2018 World Cup. Mark my words. Wow. 
I don't know about that hot take, but you'll see him. You'll you'll see him back at the national team eventually. He he he's he's gonna get into some form right now. Trust me. Bold predictions from Tony Rubio. We're gonna make that a segment. You're gonna come on every once in a while, and it's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm just gonna send in my sound bites of random bold predictions. Uh, moving on to the Columbus Crew in the Montreal Impact, four to one there towards the team wearing black and yellow. Fernando Aguayim in 17th minute. Uh, answered right back by Anthony Jackson Amal in the 19th minute, but a late game surge from Kikita Mane, Ola Camaro, and Fede Iguayim with a brace. 70th, 72nd, and 80th, 8th minute goals. Pushed the crew ahead of the impact 4-1. to one. I just want to ask you, how can the Columbus crew fix their inconsistency? By winning more than one game in a row. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that's always that's the answer you were looking for there, but I don't know, man. Maybe some more consistency from Greg Burhalter in the lineups. I know injuries hit every now and then. International call-ups. I know right now Harrison Awful is is getting a call-up to Ghana. Uh, but uh, you know, maybe they just need someone to step up and lead. Is is Will Trap really that guy that that needs to be leading a, a team full of, of uh, older guys, considering he's very young. Because, I mean, I, I know what he's capable of, but he's not always he's not always consistent with it. So uh, that's something interesting to to look forward to in the future. You did mention before the show that Iguain's getting old. You don't know if he's going to be there too much longer. So Will Trap really needs to step up and take over this team, right? Exactly, this man. Is and his hometown club. I think Columbus could could use it. A fresh face or two in this offseason. Right on. Moving to teams that don't really matter in the landscape of Major League Soccer as of right now, but we still don't have to mention the scoreline because Thomas told me to. Minnesota 2, Vancouver Whitecaps 2, Loons make a second half comeback to get a point at home. Four points from the, four points from the week, beating Portland Timbers and drawing Vancouver. A good week for them against Cascadia teams. Uh, Minnesota, good week. They, they got four points out of it, and maybe the, this team's on the uprise with Adrian Heath. Man, if they make the playoffs, uh, it's going to be interesting to see all of those reporters eat their words on Twitter. So I hope they do. One team that's definitely looking like to make the playoffs is Chicago Fire. Chicago Fire 4, Orlando City Soccer Club nil. David Akam with a nasty back heel off a Brad uh, Bastion Swinesiger assist. Chicago puts on three more goals to beat Orlando 4-0 at home in front of a fiery crowd. Uh, pun intended. Of course. Uh, side note, Chicago, revival of a team, revival of their fans. They're starting to get sold-out stadiums consecutively, so that's great to see for the league. But, Riley, what is wrong with your boys in purple? What is wrong with my boys in purple? They do not have a defense right now. It's going back to last year's old habits where the defense is extremely bad. And Joe Bendick can't do it all by himself. John Inspector has been in a slump lately. Uh, there's been so much inconsistency at the right back spot with Rafael Ramos coming in and out with injury. Then uh, Jose Aja transferring in and out. Tommy Redding transferring in and out. Sutter's been a good left back option for them. But it's it's just been weird to watch the, the transition and just – trying to fit everything together with those Orlando City back on. And plus the the loss of not having Kyle Aaron due to the um, 
DUI a couple weeks ago, or not even a couple weeks ago, like last week, where he was driving alongside the road. But things are a mess right now. Will Johnson and Kaká, the two leaders of that team, two veteran players, I'm sure will get it sorted out. John Spector and Joe Bendick will return to their award-type seasons, I am sure, once we get a little bit more consistency in the back and also some some better midfield play. It's been slacking the last couple weeks. So many individual pieces there, man. I think Christ just needs some time to put that together a little bit better. Work as a team, not individuals. Exactly. Moving on to a game that was kind of boring. I didn't watch it uh, past, like, the 22nd minute because L.A. looked bad. But the Western Conference leaders, Sporting Kansas City 2, L.A. Galaxy 1, they snap the Galaxy's winning streak. They've gone on lately. Galaxy have looked hot as of late, but we, have, we know that Giovanni Santos is away with Mexico at the Confederations Cup, so that hurts them tremendously. But the Galaxy have looked good. Sporting Kansas City is at the top of the West for a reason, and there's nothing more we need to talk about from that game, really. But... Can I just say, Ike Parra's bicycle kick was amazing. Yes, that was tremendous. Best center back this year, in my opinion. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes 2, Real Salt Lake 1. The last game is Dom Kinnear as he wears a suit with a blue tie. He is out as San Jose's head coach as they get a win and they move into a playoff spot, which is weird, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, who knows what's brewing in San Jose, though. I mean, they had to know they had someone to be able to fire him. So uh, there's a plan in the works. Obviously, you don't know it, and I don't know it, and I'm not going to speculate on it, but I'm excited to see what they got going. Me too. Now to the last game of the week, before we get to some Gold Cup action, I want to ask you, before I get into the details of this match between the Portland Timbers and Seattle Sounders, what happened this game this game was insane i don't know man portland needs to fix whatever's going on in the back honestly because they have a fiery attack with eddie valeri Espria stepping in now they have guzman in there there's just too many good pieces for this team not to be firing on all cylinders in my opinion so seattle gifted Portland with some opportunities early. They gave the red card to Brad Evans for a denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. So Seattle finished the game with 10 men. They played the whole second half with 10 men. And ultimately that... Props to Seattle, man. Yeah, props. I give them... Props to Seattle because Deuce came on and changed that game, but to keep that second half level with 10 men, that, uh, that takes some heart. Especially your defender going out. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's okay yeah. if it's like an like attacking midfielder. You don't lose that in the back. But Brad Evans, a, a pivotal piece of your midfield and defense, props to Seattle even more, man. But, uh, you know, common theme this year, nonetheless, I, I guess it's kind of in the past, but there's been some really poor defending lately. So I'm hoping to see that uh, change a little bit. But Seattle gifted... Portland with a goal right for the break. Um, the, the penalty kick from Fernando Adi off the red card. But Daniel, uh, Darren Espria put one away in the fourth minute of stoppage time. 
before halftime. So it went to halftime 2-1. Obviously, Jovan Jones' 27th-minute goal. Um, so it goes into the 90th minute, 2-1 Portland. They're trying to wrap it up. Then out of nowhere, the second-leading goal scorer for the U.S. men's national team pops up and puts the ball in the back of the net, 2-2. Seattle Sounders. Skip. Beautiful header. I mean, all I'm saying is it was a good result for the Dynamo in the standing, so <laughs> I'm happy. Always looking out for your boys in orange. Of course. Yeah. These two teams in the Western Conference, they, I couldn't care less about how Orlando is affected by all this. Nevertheless, we'll Seattle, Seattle was my team before Orlando came in the league, though, because I like Clint Dempsey, and obviously Houston just due to the proximity. But – Seattle Sounders final way to get a point against Portland, even though they have gifted Portland some major opportunities in the first half and ultimately played the whole second half with 10 players instead of 11 because they allow you to have 11. But once you get a red card, you go off and you don't have anybody to replace you. Soccer one. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Thanks. fantastic catch from Clint Dempsey. He is the best U.S. soccer player ever at the moment, and I would not rather have anyone else play forward for me that technically is an American. Agreed. Deuce. So, a little Gold Cup now. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yes, the Gold Cup roster was announced, the 23-man roster, and obviously this can and possibly will change after the group stage because the Gold Cup does allow you to do that. The goalkeepers, we got time to read it off if we really want to. The goalkeepers is Brad Guzan, Bill Hamid, Sean Johnson, defenders, Matt Beasler, or as our beloved Thomas Sweezy says, Bezler, Omar Gonzalez, Matt Hedges, Eric. I always struggle with this dude's last name. You know how to pronounce it? Uh, I'm on the same boat with you. That's like one of the only names I can't pronounce. Eric, the defender. <laughs> Eric Lich Lichage. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Eric. Uh, Matt Miazka, Justin Moreau, Jorge Felfania, Graham Zusi, Kona Costa Alejandro Bedoya. Got some thoughts on him. Joe Corona, Max or Dax Max, <laughs> Dax McCarty, Christian Rodon, Kellen Rowe, Kenny Safe, Jaffe Zardes, Juan Agadello. The first ever major tournament appearance from Dom Dwyer. In a U.S. shirt. The first ever appearance for Dom Dwyer in a U.S. shirt. And then, of course, our favorite Seattle, and that is not named Clint, Jordan Morse. Right, I mean. Two questions for you. Let's go. Biggest snub and biggest surprise. Biggest snub. Give me 10 seconds to develop that thought. And it's someone that's not even on the 40-man roster. It's Christian Ramirez. That guy is the leading American goal scorer in MLS, I believe. And No, not MLS. He's the leading American goal scorer for any player in the world in the last three years. I mean, no knock on the NASL, but I mean, you know what I mean. Still, he's scored more goals than any American. Yeah, you got that. His confidence is sky high. The man just got married recently. I'm pretty sure I follow him on Instagram. Uh, he's, I for me, he would have been 
a for-sure player, to, perfect opportunity to give him a chance in this USA B, B team, pretty much, that we're taking. And um, Jordan Morris, I mean, not to, like, throw him to the side, but Will Bruin's been having a better season than Jordan Morris so far in Seattle, so that's all I'm saying. I want to know your opinion of Alejandro Bedoya. Um, Alejandro Bedoya, funny you ask. He's actually my favorite player. I'm just kidding. I know you hate him. <laughs> <laughs> That's been our show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, you know, Alejandro gets a lot of stick, but you know, he's a really hard worker, and I think he likes getting under people's uh, under people's skin. You know, both on and off the field, as uh, you know. But uh, he's a hard worker, and um, I, I don't watch him enough to, to like give you a full criticism of him. But there's there's a lot of things I also don't like. Well, it sometimes seems like he doesn't add enough to the team. He's kind of just there. Alejandro Bedoya. I want to say this, and the last time I'm ever going to say this to you: Get out of my life. You don't belong in the U.S. Men's National Team. There's plenty of other options. Now, I can think of three to four people right off the top of my head I would use to replace you right now. And that first one, the most obvious one, is Benny Fellhaber. Benny Fellhaber has been waiting so long for the opportunity to play for the United States. Jurgen Klinsmann didn't like him. Now he is Bruce Arena, an MLS lover, and he can't get a spot in because Alejandro Bedoya is there. Alejandro Bedoya does not add anything to your team. He's just kind of out there taking up space. Yeah, he might get a, an assist every now and then. He might make a good pass. He might, you know, get the ball back. But I remember two instances in the last three U.S. games where he's played. He's fell down. And I remember one time he had a ton of space. It was one-on-one, and he loses the ball to a defender. Like, he doesn't add anything special to this team. I can't remember anything significant Alejandro Bedoya has ever done. I just want this dude out of my life forever. Out of Philadelphia, just go back to France. I don't have to watch you in France. Just go back. I don't want to see you ever again. I know it's harsh words. I don't know the guy personally. I'm sure he's a great dude. But as far as my soccer, I don't want him anywhere near my television screen when it comes to soccer. If he has to be on my television screen, I want him to be on the bench. Or just his name as an honorable mention. Hey, I'm on the 23-man roster, but not the 18. I mean... I'm not adding anything to Riley said. <laughs> but Dom Dwyer, I've given a lot of criticism to Dom Dwyer. I'm happy for him. That's his dream to play for the United States. I'm happy he is here. And ultimately, I wish him the, the best of successes in this Gold Cup. And hopefully he gets to play for us next year in Russia if we make it. That's a strong if. That's, uh, let's, not, let's not have some cynicism there. We're going to make it. But uh, biggest snub for you is Christian Ramirez. Biggest snub for me is Benny Fellhaber. Uh, Jesse Zardes, how you feel? You know, like you said, Bruce and MLS lover, but definitely an LA Galaxy lover. Zardes just kind of came back from injury recently. Hasn't exactly done anything in MLS in his couple of month or two that he's been back. Love his work rate, love his speed. If he's healthy and he's producing an MLS, I'd have no problem with this. But seems kind of unfair to me, like for guys like Chris Pontius and Tommy Mack that didn't make this squad. 
But I think Diaz's artists is there for rehab because we're playing no-name teams who bring their B team anyways. I think Diaz's artists can use this national team time to get healthy, get fitness, and also just get back in the groove of playing with the U.S. because he hasn't played with the U.S. in a long time now. He broke his foot in January camp. So I mean, even if I wouldn't agree with that at all, that you, no matter what quality team we're playing, you got to represent the U.S. at 100%. And if we're not trying to win this cup, then we shouldn't be playing in it. Tony Rubio with the American pride. Just being real there. Being real. Um, last thing for me, Bendix should have got on the roster instead of Sean Johnson. Maybe Tim Melia. Tim Melia should have been there. Tom loves that dude. You know what? I forgot. Jesse Gonzalez. What was all the, the rage about him going to get cap tied to the U.S. after the whole U.S.-Mexico debacle? Well, I'm sure he'll um, I'm sure he'll be brought in after. Because I'm sure some changes are going to be made after the group stage. I'm, I'm sure we'll see some of the guys we want. Christian Ramirez might come in. Um, you know... He was on the 40-man roster. He can't come in. I think... I think we'll see Josie and, and Mike Michael Bradley come in, at least one of them for sure. We have to and uh, <laughs> don't remind me. And uh, yeah, I think I think for sure we'll see Josie, Josie or, or or Michael. There's no doubt in my mind. But that's our pod, and I thank Tony Rubio for coming along with us. Uh, you can follow him at Rubio Soccer 35. That's at Rubio Soccer 35. Um, read his stuff on MLS Multiplex. Covers the Houston Dynamo. He just recently took a trip to Azteca. You can read about that there. Uh, Tony, thanks for t- making time for us, man. Thanks so much, Riley. It's a pleasure to be on your show, and uh, I'll be happy to be on any other time and talk some footy. Yeah, me and Tom gonna have you on. Uh, maybe All Star break. Maybe something around then. Don't know what Ooh. we're going to do. We haven't really planned the shows for August yet, but I'm excited. All three of us are going to hang out and talk soccer. Sounds good, man. Uh, Thanks. You can catch this podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, on Buzzsprout, on Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts, really. Uh, you can follow me at Riley J. McMahon. You can follow MLS Aces on Twitter, uh, MLS underscore Aces on Instagram. Look for the link to this show on Twitter, shit with your friends. Uh, you want to leave us a rate, you want to give us a review on iTunes, please do so. If you're going to do two of the two, please just do something for us. Patreon, you can find that in the the pinned tweet on our Twitter page. And another shout to Rachel Bonetta, who Tony mentioned before we got on. That's his dream girl. That's my dream girl. A girl... That is very, very attractive. She's one of the most beautiful women working in sports. She does a fantastic job with the videos, her writing, everything she's involved in. That show with Stu Holden, um, it's just, everything she does is fantastic. Hope to have her on the show sometime in the future, but give her a shout. Shout out to my boy Stu, Stu Holden, too. Stu Houston. Holden. Stu Holden. Houston raised. Stu Holden's very good at the commentary job. Definitely. Like, Loving what I'm seeing from him in Russia. Like, he's 11 out of 10. Atlanta Donovan's a 3 out of 10. Stu Holden's 11 out of 10. I'll, I'll agree with that one there. Yeah. But, shout out.
Shout out to all those people. You can follow us in all the places we just previously named. This is episode 27 of the MLS Podcast. I'm Elliot Mattis. That's Tony Rubio. And I hope to see you next week.